welcome and thank you for tuning in to Pro Football IQ, the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of Pro Football IQ. You know, our hashtag for this show is hashtag this week in football. And what a week we had. These these championship games had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Joel, what what was the game that stood out to you? With NFC or AFC? Which which game kind of kind of spoke the most to you? Oh, definitely the NFC. NFC already. Definitely, definitely the NFC. I, mean, I, I think I think around the country, I think I think NFC the the NFC game is the one that that really stood out to everybody. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, right off the bat, geologically, I mean, we're here in Louisiana, so right. uh, extremely relevant. To, to be watching the Saints, whether you're pro-Saints or anti-Saints. So, you know, you're definitely going to watch and pay attention, and you want to be in the know. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, the NFC game was just a, a freaking roller coaster. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I spent I spent most of the game uh, on the road. I, I tuned in a little bit on the radio, which, wow, I, I felt like I was in the 1950s. <laughs> I felt like I was in the 1950s, man. You got to get was, it how you can get it, man. Yeah, it was it was definitely different. And then and then for a little while, I was able to pull it up and, and watch the stream. But I think that's that's the game that I want to talk most about today. So let's get into talking about the NFC Championship, the L.A. Rams versus the New Orleans Saints. You have belief. Belief that every time you step on this field, you have a chance to win. We have the belief. Now let's go win. Third down and 10, Breeze from the gun, takes the snap, throws to the near side, hit early, where's the flag? Early hit on Tommy Lee, Sean Payton is all the way down at the 10, unbelievable no call. Wow, not a flag to be found. You gotta be kidding me, throw the flag! That could have and maybe should have been pass interference, and if so, it's effectively game over. This year's NFC Championship ended in controversial fashion after the refs had a no-call on a potential pass interference, probably the most blatant no-call in, uh, in recent memory. But the Saints fell 26-23 to the L.A. Rams in the NFC Championship, sending the Rams on to the Super Bowl. Joel, what are your thoughts on this game? Because I know we, we have, we've talked a lot off-air uh, about this game. But uh, what are what are your thoughts that you want to share with Pro Football IQ? Well, I mean, we got to address the elephant in the room. So, yeah, it was a super blown call. It should have been. I mean, it. No one's arguing it. There's no question. Um, I will argue the fact that throughout the entire contest, the refs pretty much allowed both teams to play their game. Um, if receivers wanted to be physical, if they wanted to push off, they allowed that. Which, I mean, technically, you want I enjoy to, it. If you want to talk rule book, that's, I mean, that's supposed to be a flag. Uh, right. A receiver can receive a penalty flag as well. So, right. um, most of the game, they allowed the DBs and the receivers to fight. They allowed the linemen, uh, the D linemen and the O linemen to fight. I mean, it was... It was a physical game. It was a physical game. And that's that's literally what we always ask for. If At least if you're going to 
throw flags all season. When they hit the postseason, let them boys play. Right. You know, let them go out there and earn it because it's a fast pace. They're hitting hard. It's bang, bang. Everything's bang, bang. So. Well, I do, I do like when, when refs give a little more leeway and actually let these players who are at, operating at their highest level give them the chance to actually play the game without interfering. But when is, when is enough enough? When, when do you, how do you not cross that line? You know, because I think, I think they cross the line of, of you know, letting them play into just blatantly allowing whatever to happen on the field. Yeah. I mean, and I agree. Uh, but if you remember in our last episode – what was it that we were asking for? We were asking to let the guys play football. That's what they've grown up doing their whole life, and we don't get to see them play. So let let them play, and that's what they did. And I was actually – it stinks when you're on the bad side of it, like at towards the end of the game where it stands out. Right. If that call happens in the first quarter, no one's even talking about exactly. it. Exactly. This wouldn't be a talking point if it hadn't directly affected yeah. uh, the, this, yeah. the, the, the outcome game. of this the game. The end game. Yeah. yeah. But – but on the other side of it, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, you backed off Th- already. There's, there's, there's a line I want to, I want to ride here. Okay. And I want to be fair. So, uh, in fairness, we need to go through the proper progressions. Just okay. like quarterback, we want to go through the progressions. Right. So let's talk about the good. Then we'll hit the bad. Okay. So for you, what was it that you saw that the home team did good? Um, what the Saints and what New Orleans in general did particularly well is they showed up. Oh, they brought it. They brought all the decibels. <laughs> that was my first my first talking point was in my notes. Crowd was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that crowd is what put Jared Goff on ice. Yes, effectively neutralized for the first quarter the entire Rams offense. I don't I don't know if you if you kept up with the offensive stats. I did not. But in the uh, first I wasn't able to. I actually started watching uh right at the beginning of the second quarter. In the first quarter, the Rams had 15 yards of offense. Yikes. Not, that's, that's, not, that's not 15 rushing yards, yeah. not 15 passing yards. 15 yards total. So that was a, um, a three and out, then a two and out. <laughs> yeah. It, and I believe, I believe that it was on his second possession that Goff threw the interception. So yeah. it probably was so, a two and out. Fun fact, that crowd, that crowd hit over 110 decibels in the dome. Sheesh. I don't know, I don't know if, you're, if you're familiar with that. I'm a musician. I get to play in, right. in really yeah. loud venues all you, the time. You understand the mechanics of how the sound waves Loud venues can, can hurt your ears, you know? <laughs> Agreed. That you, you're, you're not going to be able to understand conversation with someone who's standing right next to you, even at, at right. around 100 decibels. That's in a regular venue. They say that, I want to say that anything over around, I think it's 96, 97, even though it's not directly hurting your ear, it's, it's diminishing causing you. Yeah, yeah. damage, yeah. So then you look, at, you look at the Saints, you look at this dome, this large building, and f- to be able to generate enough sound that you're reaching 110 decibels 
in this building. It's e- you can reach a, you can reach a hundred decibels pretty easily in a small venue with you know right. with a couple speakers cranked up. Right, right. But to be in this building with with these high ceilings with with everything that's attributing to this sound, and for Jared Goff to hear a hundred ten decibels of who that who that who that said they're gonna beat them Saints. Oh yeah. In his face, because yeah. I'll tell you what, when you are in that building and you hear that chant, it is a different vibe. Oh, yeah. it, it That's changes, what David spoke it about. It changes the atmosphere. Remember our caller, David. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it changes the atmosphere, and it's completely – it's it's unlike anywhere I've ever been. I, I've been to LSU – I've been, you know, I've been to Energy Stadium to watch to watch the Texans, and it's been loud there, but it's never been as loud mm-hmm. as as watching the New Orleans Saints play. Yeah. And I can only imagine, I can only imagine being in the building and hearing that, and you know, oh, definitely. And just as a spectator, it's loud, but I can't imagine having to actually focus and try to operate at the highest level of football. Right. And, right. And, and try communication to communication and verbiage that. and and assignment. Well, here's the thing. You, you, and I went off on a tangent, but when you when you mentioned the pick, when you mentioned Jared Goff's pick, yeah, the crowd erupted so loudly that once that pick happened, the 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 roof of of the off of the lower level office buildings began to crumble, and you can see sheetrock <laughs> on the ground in, in photos that I saw. Wow, sheetrock that that fell. Mm-hmm. From the from the rumble and from the noise of that enormous of that stadium, yeah, insane. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the frustration that that the Rams had to have felt. Um, you could you could see Jared, you could see the frustration on, on Jared Goff, um, fighting against the crowd noise, trying to put his hands over his ears so he could hear uh, directions from from Sean McVay, mm-hmm. and wow. The Saints showed up. The Saints oh, yeah. fans showed up. Totally. You guys, Saints fans, people talk about Seattle, uh, Seattle's fans being yeah. the 12th man. And, right. and right. credit credit to Seattle's yeah. fans. They do know how to show up, and they're super passionate. But I will tell you this. They are not nearly as passionate as New Orleans Saints fans no. postseason. No. You will not see that again. No way. I think that the Saints are the new reigning king in, of the that, in that domain. Uh, actually, on the flip side, I have – the Chiefs on the complete opposite spectrum, they did not show up. Exactly what we said would be something that would be a key factor, they did not show up. I don't know if it was the, the, the Brady effect, but Saints fans, you had it rocking and rolling. So Saints Saints fans definitely showed up. Um there there was there was a there was a lot that uh that happened in this game and you know the the crowd noise is only is only the first factor, um, but you you look at I think this game began to have a turning point for the Rams in, in the second quarter. You mm. have you're down thirteen to zero. Well, backed up, backed up. Or what you got? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, but let's not overstate what the Rams' defense did. They, and, and I say they, Goff threw that pick. And I want to say they were on like the twenty-three yard line. Right, 20. they were they were backed up in their own territory. And the defense just the Rams defense just got off the field by forcing a field goal. They literally made the Saints kick another field goal. Right, right there. That it, is a stand. That is that is what kept the Rams in this game. Yes, yes. That is because if the, if the defense would not have been able to stand up to those two uh, field goal attempts if they if right. they if, if they, those were both forfeits if those of were seven both 
Yeah. For seven, then this game is over before it begins. And you're talking about that was a, that was just a defensive pick. If you if you would have seen a touchdown by the Saints, a pick, and and then they score another touchdown yeah. and it's fourteen to nothing and Goff and company still had fifteen yards of offense. Well, the, the, I, it doesn't. You don't have to be a genius to know that the Saints are not allowing you to come back. They are not Atlanta. Well, th- those field goals made this game manageable. It, it definitely made this game manageable for right. Jared Goff and company. Yeah. And so you look at you look at turning points in this game, and it really began to swing. The momentum began to swing in Jared Goff's favor. Mm-hmm. Um, once once the Rams were backed up in their own territory. And we're forced to punt. And my boy, Hecker, <laughs> this man. Hey, you you have a you have a you have a a love for guys that that play the specialties. Like I, I love special teams, man. Yeah, it's special special yeah, teams is you, where I live. If you have if you're a specialty player and you're kicking or if you're punting, whatever it may be, you, you have you have a place in Dallas's heart. Because well, I, I think I think it takes a lot of skill. It does. I think you you've you've got to you got to be a special person to be right. able to play those like a those Swiss positions. Army knife. Hello, <laughs> I mean, it, it takes a lot to be able to do it. But this guy went out and he executed exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, he threw a perfect pass and was able to connect for a first down, and that really swung the momentum for the Rams and got right. them started, got them in a rhythm, and that drive led to a touchdown for the Rams, and that turned thirteen and thirteen to zero. Into thirteen to seven. Yeah, one possession game. Oh, to to a one possession game. Whereas before, if they would have fallen behind again, if they if they would have punted that ball right. again, chances are the Saints would have put another at least three points on the board. Oh yeah, because they were in they were in a rhythm. Yeah, or actually, you could argue that they would have said, you know what, if they're not going to get nothing going, we're going to take some risk and get it going on our side. You know, they wouldn't have. They would have been in four down territory. Well, that's the thing. I think Sean McVay took a page out of out of Sean Payton's book. He did. And he, he said, "We're gonna we're gonna be a bit ballsy here. I, yeah. We we can't we can't go down any further in this game. No, you're right. This is this is it. This this that was, was a a if you if you, you when you play video games and you hit a milestone and it re, and you hit a milestone and it reaches you to that next level. Yeah. And you're, you're like your coach has elevated. Like he just went up a level. Right. So at, he, he I guarantee he watched Sean Payton and he was like." I've got to bring the same energy that Sean Payton has in this game. Yes, yeah. and he made Absolutely. some strides in this game. You know, because he's not known—he's not known as the game manager. He's yeah. known as an X's and O's guy. That's why we like him. Yeah, because you know, here at Pro Football IQ, we break down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. That's what we that's do. That's what baby. we do. That's what and we that's, do. That's why we're such big fans of Sean McVay. Hashtag that's what we do. Hashtag that's what we do. <laughs> Hashtag this week in football. Yeah. So, um, little show plug for you. For sure. Um, so let's 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 jump into it. Uh, we you know we're we're working through the progression of the game, and everybody knows it was it was a really good defensive battle, and the offenses struck at times. Um, nothing like we saw in their first matchup in the regular season. No. Um, but so, do you have anything else on the good uh, that you want to bring before I get into the? Uh, opposite end of that (laughs) um you know i think naturally with me being a cowboys fan and being being raised in louisiana there's a lot of hostility toward the cowboys um which kind of naturally puts me on edge and puts me on defense against any any saints fans and then growing up in my home 
we were not Saints fans. Matter of fact, um, we made fun of Saints fans constantly throughout <laughs> throughout my upbringing. And so, uh, for me, now don't get it twisted. We're diehard LSU fans. Oh yeah, of like course. LSU to the grave. Yeah. Like that. That for, is that is forever LSU. Yeah, there's only been a couple of colleges in our. There's only been a couple of colleges in our childhood that I can remember that our family pulled for, and that was um, McNeese, obviously. Now. Now. When we, were, when we were younger, yes. I uh, can't cheer for McNeese. I can't either. Uh, extremely <laughs> overrated. Don't, don't but, like those guys. No. And, but. The team's great. School, Duke, not so much. And my personal favorites, Duke was a team that I really rooted for when I was younger. Yeah. And um, North Carolina. So, that was, that was for me as far as colleges go. But, you know, looking, looking at, this, at this team, it was hard for me. It felt so unnatural for me to cheer for the Saints. I was, I, I remember, I just remember trying to cheer for them and it just felt, it felt so wrong. You know, like I, I respect the team. Drew Brees is a great quarterback, but it's just, they're not my cup of tea. Uh, but I, I do recognize when they're playing well. And I think that, that they did everything that they needed to do to get them to this point. But I wish that they would have continued with that excellence and continued with that drive and that hunger mm-hmm. to get them through to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Because you can you can blame you can blame this loss on on the refs no call, and that's that's a great excuse. It's a valid excuse. It's fair. It's it's a fair excuse. It's fair. But but I think also you wouldn't be in that position if you would have gone for it in the first quarter, first and second quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than settle for the field goals. So. As you say that, and I, I and I'm not arguing it. I, I agree 100. percent Now, as I just agreed that that was a blown call, and we we established in the beginning that they were letting them play, but there was many calls that were not called. Yeah, that were in favor of the Saints. So our 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 WTF segment, our the the question that every football fan screams at their TV every Sunday, no matter. Regardless of, of what game you're watching, you will you will say this sec- you will say this sentence at least once, and that's WTF. And it's not the one you're thinking of. It's not the popular one you're thinking of, but it's where's the flag? Yep. So there were there were a, a, as we mentioned earlier, there were a lot of calls that weren't that no flags were thrown for. Right. Where right. normally it would warrant a flag. Right. And why do you, and and why is it Dallas? Why is it that they don't? Why is it that they hesitate to throw those flags in the postseason? I, I think they would, as we as we mentioned earlier. I, I think the reason why you don't see as many flags is why you don't see um, so many penalties called is I think they just want them to play football, and that's fair. And what I liked about it is they pretty much stuck with that mentality through the whole game. It wasn't yeah. an up and down, you know. Oh gosh, we can't get a feel for the refs going on here. You know, you kind of knew what you were getting. Yeah, you know. Um, it just, it's unfortunate that the Rams were doing a lot more of the hard hitting and the risky playing on 
you know, their side of the ball. And that's that's fine. I, I appreciate that, that the refs allowed them to play football mm-hmm. and didn't didn't penalize them on, on everything yeah. possible. But also, as much as I love to see them let them play football, football is also a game that has rules that exactly. must be enforced. You can't, you can't bend the rules. I, I love being able to go 10 over on, on the interstate. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. I love being able to get to where I'm going a little bit faster. But when somebody blows by me going 140 while I'm going in, while I'm in Houston, and I see a Lambo drive by, drive by me at 100, going 140 miles an hour while I'm going 75, that, that's a little reckless. Mm-hmm. And what you see in this game, whereas you had those plays that were, okay, cool, they're letting them play football. They're just letting them, they're letting them be physical. They're letting them get through. Right. You look at this no call for the, pass, the obvious pass interference on, on the Rams, and there's no penalty, and it becomes reckless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So – <clears throat> and there's a lot to debate on that. That's a whole, a whole other entity within itself. Right. Um, and if you go back, and this is where, where I'll get into. So if you call yourself a Saints fan, a real Saints fan, and you didn't go back and watch the film, then you're just a casual fan. Or maybe an uneducated fan. I wish a Saints fan would actually argue with me because if it came down to it, I would take your lunch money. Open invitation to Saints fans. I grew up playing sports. And in almost every sport, one thing is taught. You don't lose a game because of one single call. Right. If you believe that, then... Well, you have a lot to learn about sports because there's penalties in every single game. Sure. So if that's the case, then then you can question the integrity of every sport because they're throwing penalties left and right, whether you agree with them or not. Now, when I say that there's a lot to watch on film, when you go back, you can see the momentum swings. You can see who was more creative. So, this is where I get into Breeze. Breeze is amazing. He's a, he's a fantastic quarterback, underrated. Does, does not get the credit that he deserves, truly. Breeze is a Hall of Famer. I believe that. Is Breeze the GOAT? No one has said that. Actually... Many people no. have said that. No. Yes. Oh yes. I, I discredit all oh, yes. of those because guess what? I don't. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your opinion is. Tom Brady is the the goat. That's. But that we're going to save that discussion for later. Okay. But continue. So, I raise this question to you: If he is not the goat, where do you rank him in terms of QBs all time? For myself, I rank them as number one, Peyton Manning. Number two, Tom Brady. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. Number four, Drew Brees. Mm. Yeah. How do you see it? Tom Brady overall. And and like you said, that's that's a discussion for another we'll, day. We'll we'll definitely have that discussion. We soon. will definitely. And I I fully intend to hear your argument. I mean, as and here's crush the thing. it. <laughs> here's the thing. As as the season comes to a close, 
we're definitely going to be talking a lot more uh, about about opinions here. We're, we're gonna we're gonna be having a lot of debates. We're gonna have a lot of talking people. about all time football. Oh, absolutely. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a lot of people on the show. I think we're we're gonna invite some guests and we're we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna have a, a full on debate. We're gonna bring our we're gonna state our cases and uh, hopefully we'll have we'll have a winner of this debate. Right. So now back to the topic at hand. If Breeze wins this game and goes on to the Super Bowl and he plays Brady and he beats Brady, then you cannot discredit him for a, at least an argument of the GOAT. Because I don't I don't I don't see that. And again, you have to look at you you're you're talking about the New Orleans Saints. And you're talking about the Patriots. Don't look at the quarterbacks. Look at the organizations. Right. The levels of success. So they're relatively both in the same era as far as the the games played. But have they matched up that much? No, not really. Um, Has Sean Payton played against or coached against Bill Belichick? No, not that much. Uh, So – that's that's hard to to really quantify that argument and and come to a a distinct outcome. So, uh, but for me, I give the credit that if he was to win the game, then I would probably have to move the needle at least at least to right behind Brady. So now getting in back into the game from myself, everyone says Brady had the greatest comeback by a quarterback in history. Okay. I'll give you that. Now, hear me out. I argue that Atlanta had the worst situational play calling in a Super Bowl considering the circumstances. So, I'm going to break it down. Be patient with me here, okay, Dallas? Be patient with me. Okay, I'm going to try. So, it's a lot to digest, but I want you to ride with me. Matt Ryan. Where does he in your quarterback rankings? Current or all time? Let's say current. Current. Um, I would put him probably in the top eight. Okay. He had a damn good year yeah. on that Super Bowl run. But I'm, I'm still going to put him in the top eight. Okay. Now – Great quarterbacks make great decisions in game. Julio makes that huge catch with 438 on the clock in the fourth quarter. They're around the 30-yard line, and then on second down, he gets sacked and arguably pushes Atlanta out of field goal range. They're on around the 42 or so. Then they get a completion. It pushes them back into a manageable field goal range. But wouldn't you know it, a flag comes out. Atlanta gets called for holding. The refs say, nah, this game's going to stay interesting. And this is where you see the Brady comeback. Okay, regardless whether it was a little help from the refs, he gets it done. Now, if Atlanta quit trying to force passes down the field and just played situational football and settled for the field goal, then it doesn't matter how great of a quarterback you are, there's no time on the clock. It would have been a two-possession game, and that's what I'm getting at, Dallas. The greatest quarterbacks – aren't just great physically on the field, but they have the mastermind to get it done without a coach. Okay. 
in that moment of chaos, when that call did not come through, you see Sean Payton freaking out. While he's freaking out, Breeze has to hold the ship steady. He's the captain. He's been running this thing. Right. The New Orleans Saints' entire heartbeat is through him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if he checks out of that play call, it really wouldn't have mattered what the call would have been by the refs. Mm-hmm. Do you do you understand what I'm saying there? Yeah. Because if he plays the run, if he if he lets the run plays come out, then he just burns the clock out, and it kills the Rams' chances. Now I actually have, I have here with me, multiple Saints fans, very frustrated with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Oh, of course you have, and to. their situational play calling. So, I have one Saints fan. He said that the reality is, as Saints fans, we're saying it's a playing call, which allows our team to hold the ball until four seconds on the clock and then kick the field goal, and we'd be on our way to the Super Bowl. I have another comment. He says there would have been no need for overtime if they would have just done their job and made the call, and that was clear to every eye that watched the game. Well, that's that's really easy to say from armchair coaches on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't claim to be I don't claim to be a football expert. I don't I don't claim to be to be a coaching expert. And, and that's two, I, and, and that's two Saints fans in a debate. But here's the thing: I could easily say that that Sean Payton's a terrible coach. I could easily say that Drew Brees is a, is a terrible quarterback mm-hmm. because they didn't execute what they had to do. But guess what? In that situation, neither could I. Right. It's very hard <laughs> so, when you're in the storm. Of course. And so it I, I can't I can't fault them for, for not executing perfectly because I know that I couldn't do it. And there right. there are a lot of QBs who are who are the highest you look at the at the right. top paid QBs right now in the league and they weren't even in this fight. That's true. The top paid QBs in the league weren't even in the we're playoffs. Wa- we're watching these fellas. We're watching them work from their the, magic. we're watching them the same way I was from yep. their couch. Yep. Yeah. And when you when you look at it, you can see that the dynamic here is aging quarterbacks versus young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed to not see the great that Breeze is not show up on game day. I yeah. did not. I did not feel like I got to experience and watch Drew Brees at his finest. I saw lackluster arm talent in the second half. Uh, granted, that pass rush started to really get going. But I would argue that Goff made more clutch throws in the back end of that game than Brees did. Well, you know, a lot of these aging quarterbacks – are facing a lot of criticism, facing a lot of a lot of doubts, a lot of negativity, uh, and most of that you see is directed toward Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people, you know, claim Tom Brady he's older, he's, he's he ain't got it like he used to. Right. When we'll we'll talk more about it in a, in the second segment, but I don't think that's true. Right. But you look at a QB like Drew Brees, mm-hmm. who a few years younger, 
few a couple years younger. I believe he's thirty nine. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Um, a couple years younger, but he's still he's beginning to face these these aging mm-hmm. um, characteristics that you see of, of older QBs. Yeah. And I don't know. I think he might have just had a birthday and maybe hit forty. I think he's still thirty nine. I, I, I could be wrong. You think it was thirty eight to thirty nine? Is what it was? Maybe. Okay. Uh, but but regardless, once, right. once you're once you're in that once you're in that age area, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then it's all the same. It could hit you earlier than it hit someone else, right? Yeah. But I think I think Drew Brees is an is an excellent quarterback who ultimately is beginning to, um, to decline a bit, move into those phases. Yes. Of that, like earlier in the season, you saw the this what you always see is that explosive Saints offense, right? And that every team is like, okay, we got to – even if Sean Payton's not creative, the team's, teams, the team's got an explosive offense right. because of Breeze, Kamara, Michael Thomas, you name it. But on this back end of the season after that Dallas game, you kind of saw a drop-off in the production. Well, you look at – you. it's hard to compare beginning of season to the end of season, especially postseason once you get to right, January. Right, Because – Coming into coming into August, coming into September, whenever you're beginning to play, you've had several months of of rest. This is when you're you're at your peak right. physicality. True. You True. you are you're coming straight off of your your good diet. Yep. You you know you're you're coming straight off of all of your practices, free of hits of for your, months, all of your training camps. You haven't been hit by anybody, right? Truly, in 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 months and months and months. You've been critiquing your form. You're 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 at peak level. And so when you're 20 weeks deep on this season, true. It's, Making a deep postseason run like yeah. that. When you're when you make yeah. it to when you make it to this point in the season, it's hard not to not to show uh, those those characteristics mm-hmm. of your age. Yeah. And so I I mean I can't fault Drew Brees. He's he made it this far. Right. Right. But I th- I think if he would have if he would have been able to power through some of those some of those pains some of those uh, some of that conditioning, mm-hmm. I think I think you would have seen the Saints have a better uh, better showing. Right. Well, let's um, because we we predicted high scores. Like, we very much you, did. Yeah, you, well, I did. You for predicted sure. a high I score. Did. You, my, my, you tempered my your expectations very yeah, well. Yeah, I, I did temper my it, expectations. It, it very much did lean towards what you had felt was going to be the so, outcome. So, so my prediction. I don't know if you remember your score. Uh, your I score it was prediction. Forty-three to thirty-eight. I believe. And you're pull, you're pulling for the Rams. Rams. Yes. Okay. So I I predicted twenty-seven to seventeen Saints. Mm. Now I didn't get the outcome that I was expecting. And I, and I I said I think I said it on the last episode. It felt weird pulling, <laughs> predicting <laughs> for the Saints to win. But to see the score stay relatively low, I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot had to do with with the uh, with the woe the offensive woes in the uh, in the first quarter for for the Rams. But these teams had relatively very similar. Uh, offensive outings. Mm-hmm. Um, they they shared the same number of first downs. They both both teams had wow. nineteen first downs. Wow. Um, let's see. The Rams had that was uh, passing first downs. My apology. Uh, they had the same. Um, they had fourteen. The Rams had fourteen passing first downs. The Saints had twelve. Um, five rushing touchdowns for each team. Mm-hmm. First downs from penalties for the Saints. They had two of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, penalties penalties spoke a lot in this game. You they had uh, let's see let's pull up the penalties. The Rams had seven penalties for sixty four yards. The Saints had three penalties for twenty. Wow. Now, we talk we talk about where's the flag. 
True. This game's a completely different game if, if flags were thrown on each of those blown calls. Of course, yeah, of course. Or just in general, if, if flags were coming out on the norm, then there would then the Saints would have arguably had <laughs> maybe three or four more than the Rams. Right. And so you look at you look at total plays from each team, sixty eight for the Rams, sixty four for the Saints, uh, yards three seventy eight for the Rams and only two ninety for the Saints. I feel like I feel like that's low. I feel it is. Like, it is. Yeah. I feel like 242 passing yards for Drew Brees is just. Yeah. I feel like that's too low to try to win a postseason football game. Yeah. As a, and even even 301 for the Rams still seems pretty low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't they didn't really try to get the the engine that is the one two punch of Kamara and Ingram going. No, it, not at all. I mean, it, it with that home crowd advantage, and being you know seeing them struggle early on, if I'm Sean Payton, that would have been my numero uno. Like, well, the I'm, Rams were able to keep the Saints to under 50 yards of rushing. I know. For only they only rushed for 48 yards. And well, you know what's crazy is is that I think that Mark Ingram broke out like two separate runs for like 12 or 13 yards. Yeah. So that I mean that's most of the rush. Like you know. Well, I mean they had 21 rush attempts. The Saints rushed 21 times and still. Averaging yeah. averaging two point three yards per rush. Ooh, at that's low. Yards. That's, that's low. very low. That's very low for for one of the best backs in yeah. the league. Yeah, that that, that makes that's no true. sense that Alvin Kamara yeah. was was held. This and then long. even Mark Ingram being uh, you know almost arguably a top ten running back. Right. Um. What I what I do find interesting is the uh, the completion ratio for these two teams is the exact same. Really. Both both Breeze and Goff were twenty six for forty one. And that, I, I just I find that I find it That's very crazy. interesting that these they played, teams were very they, similar it were on very, offense. It comes down. It was very competitive, and uh, and I think Sean Payton said it best. He said that the Rams made plays late. They they stayed in the game. They were competitive, you know. Um, and like he said, he would have not wanted to lose that way. But but you know it is what it is. I mean, you, there's many plays you can take. You know, mentally take them back. Or if I would have done this, or if I'd have done that. But uh, I mean that. That's a very competitive game. Yeah, but looking at this game, I think I remember watching and thinking the first team to make a mistake is going to be the team to lose here. Mm-hmm. And there weren't as many turnovers as I expected to nope. see. I expect you know I expected to see much more turnover, but there were only one turnover each on on each side of the ball, and they were both interceptions. Goff threw his interception in the first quarter, and then you see Breeze throw his interception. Um, I forget. Was it was it an OT? I think I think I, it was an OT. But I thought he threw it uh, an interception um, in the second half, unless that got wiped out by it, a penalty. It was probably wiped out by a penalty. But yeah, there there was only one turnover on each side of the on each side of the ball. Wow. Wow. And that's the there you go. I mean that you you th- you throw the interception, and I seen some people trying to argue that it, you know oh he threw the interception because of hands to the face. No, it was just that's what Wade Phillips does. He put a stunt blitz package in, and they started actually bringing the pressure, which earlier in the game they were really just kind of focusing on containment and reading the plays, and it looked like they were kind of setting the tone, like how they wanted to play the second half of the game. Yeah. And they send that all-out blitz, and then uh, I want to say it was Fowler. He rushes with both hands up. Breeze just has to let the ball go a little early. He floats it, and uh, I believe it was Michael Thomas he was going for. And then the the safety or corner 
kind of backs up and falls down with the ball, like, you know, just lands in his just stomach. Perfect, yep. perfect placement. Yep. I mean, he just – he saw it coming, and he just kind of backpedaled and laid out and got it. And, right. um But, yeah, that's – that's you, you throw an interception late like that, and Breeze – I'm sure Breeze knew. I saw Breeze's face. I'm sure he knew. He's like, that – that was a terrible decision on my part. Well, I think I think he knew as soon as the ball left his hands that the trajectory yeah. uh, trajectory was a bit off, yeah. and uh, I think he knew immediately what yeah. was going to happen. Well, with it that wasn't ball. even really his. It, it, it wasn't that he threw a bad pass. It was that it was the situation. Yeah, was was terrible to throw that pass in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because he just happened to be challenging uh, an area where they had defenders with Michael Thomas. I mean, that's his go-to guy. So. That's rough, man. But total um, time of possession for these teams. Rams had the ball for 32 minutes, 36 seconds. The Saints held the ball for 30 minutes, 41 seconds. Like I said, very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, very similar stats here. And I, yeah. you would, you would think, you would think that even with the with the offensive woes that that the Rams had in the first quarter, that that the stats would look a little bit different. That mm. the Saints would have dominated. A bit yeah, more. of course. Uh, I think I just think the Saints didn't didn't capitalize yeah. on on the early advantage that they had. If the Saints would if the yeah. Saints would have put the game away in the first quarter, like they had the opportunity, they had the opportunity for the kill shot. In, yeah, in, in the first settling quarter. for field goals early like that. It ultimately led yeah. it ultimately led to the loss of the Saints, yeah. which it was it was a heartbreaking loss. Yeah, because uh, it, it could have allowed the Saints to really play that game differently on the other other half. You know? Right. So and selfishly, I'm not a Saints fan. But for the history of football, for the, for the history of of of, uh, of the Super Bowl, and for for the pomp and circumstance of yeah. you know you, you want to you want to put on the best show possible, yeah. I would have loved to have seen oh, yes. Breeze versus yep. Brady yeah. in at the highest Agreed. level for the for the reason you play football. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Um. So one of the little things I like to do uh, before we transition out of this first segment. Uh, I like to do this little thing called the biggest loser. Oh, so okay. yeah. So uh, we do uh, for the NFC Championship one player from each squad. Ooh, yeah. Biggest loser, not as in oh, you were the worst player, but as in where you stand on the team, like what your role is, and then kind of like the outcome. So, okay. So who for you? Who is your who is your biggest loser? Whether it be the Rams or the Saints, you can pick one. I think this is this is gonna this is a this is a hot take. I think right now the biggest loser for the Rams, and I might I might catch heat for this. I don't know. Todd Gurley. Agreed. That was actually who I was gonna go with. They're- Todd Todd Gurley is. I know, I know he's facing some injury. I know he's facing some struggle. There's something going on. There's, with him. there is something that that Sean, and Sean McVay is he's he's kept his cards close to the chest. He is hey. not saying anything, and that is smart. Damn smart. Keep the thought that Gurley is a threat, even if he isn't. So here's the thing. Todd Gurley, top one of the top backs in the league. The he is the top. He's back. the guy. He is. The top back. The only one coming for him is Saquon, and he's having his spot taken from him by somebody who was sitting on their couch not two months ago. Yeah. Yep. What? What? What is it? What? What is going on? I wish he had I wish two I had drops. Words. In he had two drops 
in the game. Yeah. I think he had multiple plays that he was blown up behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, now he did have uh, one of those runs. One of those runs looked pretty good. Yeah. You know, but um, outside of that, it was – it did not look good. I mean, I don't know what's going on with him, but I am very interested in when I – mean, once the Super Bowl passes – they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and find out what it was, right? And I'm very interested to see what it is. You you won't find out anything about about what is going on with 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 Todd Gurley until after after 60 minutes of football are mm-hmm. played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the for the Super Bowl, you, you're not gonna see it. So for me, uh, my biggest loser uh, out of the NFC game, um, which you took from me. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to steal it from you. <laughs> it was didn't probably mean to, didn't mean to steal your thunder. It was a little obvious, huh? But um, yeah, I'd have to go with Drew Brees, um, and I'm and and it it's hard to say that you're you're gonna make a lot of people mad on that one. Well, buddy. and I think a lot of people are actually gonna be uh, on the same page with me here. You, this is this is y'all's moment. This is this is his moment. Cementing this legacy is, moment. Yeah, this is your this is your stamp. Like you, if you decided you wanted to go out off of this season, this is the season that you could get it done. Right. And in some big moments. He didn't put the team on his back, you know. And there were some unfortunate things that happened, but in big moments, you you gotta you, look what Brady does. He he handles those big moments, and that's what that's True, what Brees, Brady, Brady. The also Saints has, needed Breeze to do that. Brady also has the system in place. He does. To be able to but do that. but you have Breeze and Peyton have been together for X amount of years. They've won championships together. They've competed together. And there's really no excuse. I mean, you have all year to get it done. You've led one of the most explosive offenses like two years in a row. It's you. You have well, to get the, it done. You Saints, are Drew Brees. The Saints experienced a pretty a pretty steep decline in their in their offensive explosiveness and, and creativity when they lost to the Cowboys. Yep. That that regular yep. season loss to the Cowboys yep. really sent the Saints kind of spiraling. Yep. They they still were able to correct the course a mm-hmm. little bit, but you didn't see the same Drew Brees. You didn't see the right. same Sean Payton. Yeah. After that loss, I asked. I actually, I told this to one of my buddies because when they were on a hot streak, he was saying he's like, they, he's like, this is this is like deja vu. We're gonna ride this train into the playoffs just like we did last time. And I said, do you think y'all are peaking too early? And he's, get out of here. Right. We don't peak too early, baby. We got a balanced offense. You know, agreed. Yo, they do, but you you. You leaned on some high-velocity throws with Drew Brees early in the season, and I dare say he he looked like his his arm might have been a little tired, especially going into the second half and getting hit like that. He's not used to getting hit very much these days. His, that old line's a lot better now. Right. So they don't they don't really get hit very. He doesn't get hit very much. So um, in this big time game, yeah, you know, for me, Brees came up short. We'll be right back with more pro football IQ. Stay up to date with everything happening here at Pro Football IQ by following us on Facebook and on Twitter at Pro Football IQ to stay connected with everything happening this week in football. Pro Football IQ is now available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and more coming soon. 
Be sure to like and subscribe so that you can stay up to date with us as we break down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. Do you have a question for the show? Or maybe you just want to share your thoughts on everything happening this week in football. Well, that's never been easier to do than right now. All you have to do is download the Anchor app and you can call in. You can send us a voice memo that'll go directly to our feed and we'll be able to respond to it and put it on our show so that you can have your voice heard in a community of football fans just like yourself. Again, download the Anchor app and you can send us a voice memo directly to Pro Football IQ. We can't wait to hear what you have to say. We're back with more Pro Football IQ. I had this whole speech about the people that doubted us, proving them wrong, doing all that, and I realized that don't matter. This game tonight is about us, our journey, trusting each other, loving each other, playing for each other tonight. That's what it's about. Nobody else. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Brady takes the snap. Retreats into the pocket. Fires it near side. The pass deflected and intercepted. Off the hands of Gronkowski. Intercepted. Wow. Good game. Good game, boy. Hey, I respect you, boy. I respect you. A penalty marker on the other side of the field. What happened? Offside. So what seemed to be a game-clinching interception is nullified because of the offsides call. They said I was lined up offsides. Was I? They said I was lined up offsides. Was I? The microcosm of this AFC championship game between the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Where the Chiefs fell 37-31 to Tom Brady and company. Joel, what's your initial reaction to the to the Patriots proceeding to the to the Super Bowl? I got to give it to the Patriots. Uh, they do what they always do. They showed up in Arrowhead as we said that it was going to be a huge factor cuz we know that they've struggled on the road right. in playoff right. games. They just sucked the life out of that crowd. Absolutely. It was, the, it was the Tom Brady effect. Yeah. Tom Brady went out there and did Tom Brady things. Yep. And even when it was close, the crowd just, they didn't get into it. We talked about the, about the crowd in New Orleans for the NFC Championship game oh, yeah. being, being such a factor. Yeah. And whereas, you know, we, we kind of predicted that the Chiefs crowd would, would show up. Should have. And, and truly be a factor in this game. But looking at it, they really weren't. They really weren't. Uh, the Patriots were sharp. They were crisp. They did everything well. Not elite, but well. Yeah. In all facets. Right. Not one thing can you look at it and say they didn't do well in. Nobody was, you know, choking up in the spotlight. Everybody played their position. Everybody held their assignments. 
Brady threw the clutch throws when he had to. Mm-hmm. I mean, just death by a million cuts. I mean, he just sliced and diced them. And it's disappointing to we, see. We had we had high hopes and high expectations from, right. from Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to, to show up and truly um, cement who they were and say yeah. say I know I know we're new in town right but we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna stay yeah. we're we're here yep and and if you remember back when we talked about the attention to detail and how Belichick is so critical about mistakes and mm-hmm. you know it doesn't matter if you're a superstar he'll cut you he'll bench you 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 do what's best for the team every time, all the time. Yeah. And if you have a problem with that, then you'll sit on the sideline exactly. like <laughs> like Malcolm Butler did. Right. But what that shows me is it doesn't matter. He's not going to change because it's a bigger game mm-hmm. or more on the line. He's going to play his game from whistle to whistle. Yeah. And – when you look at the Patriots roster, there's no eye-popping players. At least when when Josh Gordon was there, he he was kind of he was there like he, their he alpha. Could've, he could have been the standout. Right, right, right. Yeah, he 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 could he could have that that monster game. If he had a better head on his shoulders, he he would yeah, he would be leading yeah. this team into yeah. the Super And I mean, he, he you know uh, wish him the best, and you know he's he's dealing with a lot of you know demons and and mental health. So, but without him there. I believe that that team functions even better. Yeah. Because they have to rely on what they know. Right. Because no one is just going to put the team on their back. Everyone has to show up, dig your cleats in, and get your hands dirty. That's the thing. I, what's, what's so crazy uh, about the Patriots is every, everyone expects them to have these superstars, and they, they really don't. They really don't. They just have guys who, yep. who know how to be a good cog in the machine. Yep. And I, I, got in, I actually I got in several Facebook arguments with, with people uh, discussing Tom Brady and the Patriots mm-hmm. and, and everything else surrounding the team. But when it comes down to it, the better team won this game. It's true. Very I, true. I think, I think you look at the Pat, Pat Mahomes is, is a superstar in his own right who's coming up the ranks. Yep. But a superstar can't get you to where you want to go. They can help. Right. But he didn't have everything that he needed to, to make sure that he can secure a win. Who's the Chiefs' X Factor? Travis Kelsey. He's the safety net. Who's the X Factor? I'm still putting it on, on Travis Kelsey. It's Tyreek Hill. Debatable, but okay. The fastest man in the NFL right now. How many catches Tyreek Hill have? He had two. That's rough. The fastest guy in the NFL. A couple of catches. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. Let's let's so let's look at let's look at uh, the offensive breakdown, but for these two teams in this game, the Patriots had double the amount of first downs. Mm. 36 wow. first downs for the New England Patriots compared to 18. Yeah. For the Chiefs. You, you know you know who you know who Brady reminded me of in that game? Who? He reminded me of the quarterback version of when when you see Zeke when Zeke gets them first downs and he's eating. Yeah. 
I feel like Tom Brady should have been doing something like that. The the Patriots in this game were surgical. Oh yeah. I feel like I feel like there were there was just excellence across the board in in everything they did. Every play called to perfection, expose the weaknesses that the defense has given you and everyone does their job. Come up every year we say it again and again. These guys make amazing catches. And this is what I mean when I say that the Patriots have a lot of great cogs in the machine mm-hmm. where they don't have to have superstars when everybody does their job. Yeah. The only reason you need superstars in the NFL is when the rest of the team doesn't do their job. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. you you look at the rest of this of this game, the Patriots had 94 total plays as opposed to 47 on the Chiefs. Whew. Wow. Total yards <laughs> total yards of offense from the Pats. 524. Wow. The furthest that that's that eclipses everything we saw in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. How many touchdowns did Tom Brady have? Tom Brady, let's let's pull it up. Uh, let's see. I don't have that stat on hand. Okay. I I I what was the final score? Final score was 37-31. Okay. Well, I know that Rex Burkhead had Two touchdowns, at least. Mm-hmm. So, what that tells me, those numbers, that, yes, Brady is great, but what is more fascinating to me is the excellence around that team. Exactly. You could downgrade Brady's clutchness. You could downgrade his efficiency, you could downgrade his accuracy, you could downgrade his progressions, and you will still see that team flourish. Exactly. Because they are always doing the right things. Yeah. They make other professional teams look inept. Well, they they did a lot. They did a lot really well Mm -hmm. uh, across the board. You see um, Tom Brady for 348 yards passing mm-hmm. as opposed to 249 for, for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady was 30 for 46, where Patrick was 16 for 31 in completions. Wow. Uh, and I think a big factor for this game was the, the Patriots were also they – they had different dimensions. They had, they had, they yeah. had several different ways to attack this uh, – to yep. attack. And whereas you look at the Chiefs, they they were kept they were kept pretty pretty docile for the most part because they they had to rely on the passing game. They yeah. they were kept of at the only big f- arm that Mahomes had. Exactly, yeah. they were kept at only forty one yards rushing. Yeah, and when you're when you're capped at forty yards of rushing, you you don't have much. You, no. You, no matter no matter how great your QB is, constantly if trailing. you're if you're one dimensional, yeah. then you're you're gonna get found out real quick. They did put themselves in a position to win this game. But well, they were able to scratch and claw their way back up into yeah, the finish. It was just a little too late, leaving too much too much uh, of a window for, for Brady and Belichick. And, um, you know, there were some calls in this game. We don't. I don't want to get into it too much. I mean, there were some calls. There's always a call. Questionable. There's always some, a, some WTF where the flag. But you know, a little nudge. Uh, let's help the grade out a little bit, you know. Yeah. Like the, let's, let's help see this era continue. So, um, but aside that, let's let me let me throw something at you here. Okay, what you if got? If this if this doesn't blow your mind, 
<clears throat> the Patriots offense in their hotel room the night before. Okay. Got together, Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady, and a lot of key members from the offense. Got together and added eight new plays to their book. Okay. I definitely didn't know that, but okay. Yep. They used four of them. All four of them worked to perfection. Hmm. You, you're telling me this offense got together the night in before. a conference room in the hotel, drew it up, and, and did walkthroughs in a tiny conference room <laughs> so that yeah. they could walk into Arrowhead and kick the Chiefs in the mouth. That is what they do. They take it serious. They're not partying. They're not playing around. Everyone over there is ready to be a winner. They're they know. They know when when that. it's game time. They they know how to have a good time. You you could you saw you probably saw the video of uh of Brady and Gronk yep. walking to the bus. You know, nod, nodding their heads, smirking smirk. a little bit, showing yep. their swagger off a little yep. bit. So they know how to have a good yeah. time. But they also know that when it's game time, it's game time. Yep. And they, I don't think there's anyone better in the league or in the history of this league who is more clutch, who is better at their job than Tom Brady is at leading the Patriots. Yep. I don't think that there's a better QB out there. So if I can throw something else at you here, what you and, got? This will, and this will just kind of highlight the excellence of that team. So Trent Brown is one of the Patriots offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. I believe he plays right tackle. Uh, I believe he moves around a bit, but I think he's playing at right tackle. He has played 179 snaps in this postseason. Okay. He has allowed no pressures, no QB hurries, and no QB hits. I don't think Tom Brady's been touched. Other other than that, that roughing the passer. It, when Tom Brady does get touched, there's a flag on the play. Because exactly. you know someone cheated to make it happen. Exactly. So, if that doesn't stand out, that one of the hardest positions in the league to play is tackle. Right. If you can have efficiency... Like that, it it's just you can't quantify it. It is they are capable of playing at another level over all the other professional players. Mm -hmm. So when you have that, when you have the coaching, when you have the efficiency, all Brady's got to do is just sit back and do what he's been doing for. 20 years. Yeah. It's it's easy peasy. Oh. Oh, y'all are up? You give me the ball back, a couple timeouts, and a little bit of time on the clock? Oh, y'all going to go prevent defense? Yeah, I'm just going to take this little short route. I'm take this little short route, little underneath drag route. He eats that prevent defense up, and you see it every single year. And you'd think that Andy Reid, as, as seasoned as he is, that he would make an adjustment as soon as he went up on defense. Or they should have at least had a game plan. Yeah. Earlier in the week, if we are up towards the end of this game, this is what we're going to do to stop the Tom Brady effect. And you didn't. 
Well, I mean, you you even look at. I love hearing Romo in the booth. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anybody better. I didn't think you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody better. Why why would I not? Romo Romo's my guy. Yep. I grew up it's, I grew up a Cowboys fan, so so Romo is my guy. I love Romo on on the field and in the booth. Yeah. So to hear him just diagnose, I I I, tr- I hope to God that Romo becomes a, a head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think there's a better football mind right now than, than Tony Romo. Yeah. Untapped. He's untapped. Right the, I mean, this like, guy is potential. able this guy is able to diagnose plays before mm-hmm. they happen. He yeah. and it, it's almost annoying. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's like taking a class with a know it all. Yep. Where where the teacher says what's what's two you know, what's 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 X plus Y mm-hmm. and you know Tom he and then Tony knows the answer. Yeah, he studies a lot of the Patriots film. Well, he he studies, but he, he's also been there, mm-hmm. and so he knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's at some point it's annoying. It's like okay, we get it, Tony. You've, you you know this play. You know what's going <laughs> to happen. Let us watch Edelman's it. Edelman's going to go over the center, and he's going to throw it to him. He's yeah. going to be wide open. To be fair, it happens three times in a row. To be fair, a lot of those things I was able to see. Like when they push Gronk out wide, I was looking for the double. If they don't, if they doesn't, if he doesn't crash down on top of him, then of course you're going to throw the 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 back shoulder or inside, and then let Gronk just get that 13, 14 yard completion. And if he trucks both those defenders, then house call, you know. But it's it's just it's sad to see when yeah. when 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 like you say when Romo can sit there and he can point out things. And he's an offensive player. You're a defensive player. Your job is to know offense better than those offensive exactly, players. Exactly. That's the only way you can combat these offenses. Well, I think you also look at you look at the coaching strategies for Mandy Reid, and I don't think that it matched up Mm-mm. to the to the level that no. that Bill Belichick is on. No. Because um, you look at the the final play of the game that that rushing what they rushed for what a yard two yards into the into the end zone and won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Romo says, "Why in the world would you not call a timeout right yeah, here?" Exactly. Yeah, hey, your your team's gassed. Um, you you could at least give your team thirty seconds to say, "Hey guys, we we know what they're going to try to do. Let's try to stop it." But Andy Reid did not do it. And you remember when I and told why you, why would you why would you try to save your timeouts in in OT? Because why? Because Andy Reid has always infamously been terrible about in-game situations. Mm-hmm. He burns his timeouts when he needs to save them. He saves them when he needs to burn them. Yeah. It's, it's. Uh, I mean. It was it was extremely frustrating uh, seeing, seeing that unfold. And it just felt like they weren't ready. Yeah. And I, I, wish, I wish that the NFL had different rules for OT and postseason. That's what I wanted to get into. I, because the fact I think it's it's a robbery uh, for for Patrick Mahomes that he did not have the opportunity to touch the all ball because of a coin in, flip. in in overtime all because of a coin flip. It, it sucks to see, and I, you would have seen you would have seen the Saints if 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 the OT. I mean, okay, if you're if this is my take, if you're gonna have OT in the playoffs. Can, it can be different than OT in the regular season. Of course. Play it, to the end of the quarter. 
Yeah, I would. I'd love to see. that. I don't like the sudden death deal no. when you're going. Teams are going to championships. There's, there's too much. There's too much on the line. Just because you scored doesn't mean doesn't that, make you the best. Just because you scored doesn't make you the better team. Exactly. Exactly. Can yeah. you score three times in a row? Right. You I know? would. I would love to see playoff OT be a fifth quarter. Yeah. Um. It should. It should be. Score until you can't score. Right. Not score. Oh, you got scored on. You're out. Yeah. No. I I would love to see that change. I think I think in the in the future you do see some changes um, that result from from this. Uh, there won't be for, won't from the it. from this postseason. I think you do see some changes, but if there were if there was one that I would ask for, it would it would be the full full fifth quarter for for OT for sure. Yeah, for for postseason games, I know I know when you're in regular season, you're you're competing against uh, against other prime time right. uh, tickets who are who are on the television. And I understand you don't want those yeah. games to go four hours, but this is this is to determine the biggest prize in football. Yep, yep, the biggest show on the planet, and that there's no reason there's no reason it shouldn't happen. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's a crime that we didn't get to see Patrick right. Mahomes get a fighting chance in yeah. overtime. Yeah. Because it it eliminates the ability. Like, it, how many times do you see the first team that wins the flip? Oh well, you you you. If they have a high score on offense, you know they're pretty much going to win that game. I mean, when when we watched uh, the Patriots uh, in the Super Bowl against Atlanta, when they won that coin flip, it's just like you suck the momentum out of. It. They already had a momentum, but when they win the coin flip, you just knew. You're like, right. oh yeah, it's over. Yeah. I mean, it I mean, shouldn't that, be that, that way. Patriots that's, not, team, that's not competitive. That Patriots team knew knew exactly. They knew whenever they won the coin flip yeah. that they were going to win this game, that they were going mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, because that defense been on the field too long, making too many mistakes. They're gassed, leaving the underneath routes open. They're continuing the drives. And then if and when the Patriots don't get it done, you happen to see that little yellow flag pop out. But I mean, you could tell. You could tell who who was clutch and who who worked out for for the Patriots in their overtime drive. You could see you could see Edelman. You could see Gronk. These guys who, when when things were at their worst, when when you know you go to third down several times, mm-hmm. and they just show up clutch. Every time. Every time. It's 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 it wasn't even fair. Do your job. You could and the fact that Romo was able to call out and diagnose these plays. Yep. It w- it was funny to watch. You know, just sitting on the couch he watching. He gave the you game. the reads. Yeah. One or two. One or two. Exactly. But I think uh, I think Tom Brady is probably the best to ever do it. Mm-hmm. There, I don't. I there's no debate from me that Tom that Tom Brady is the best of all time. Happy Tom Brady Day. Every day is Tom Brady Day, in my book. Uh, I don't. I don't love Tom Brady. I don't love the Patriots. But you have to. You have to recognize that this is a. This is an all-time talent, mm-hmm. and we will never see another quarterback do what Tom Brady is doing right now. Does it change your mind? Because I'm. I'm. I'm starting to curve on the idea that the Patriots are in play for a couple of different quarterbacks this year in the draft. In, let's say Brady retires in two years, and then so four years from now, we see that quarterback they drafted developed, 
and then they get to rocking and rolling, and they're winning their division, and they're making conference championship runs, mm-hmm. and they make some postseason, some Super Bowl appearances, or maybe even get a Super Bowl. Does that change your mind a little bit and make you think maybe this is the system and the greatness of that organization? Regardless, regardless of if it's the system that that he's that he has supporting him, mm-hmm. you could. You could put a, a mediocre quarterback here, and I think that they would succeed just because they you would. have that culture of excellence that Bill Belichick has installed into that into they that would. team. But it takes a certain superstar to be able to, one, to have the career longevity mm-hmm. that Tom Brady has had. Mm-hmm. I kind of I compare Tom Brady to, like, wrestling's Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. You know, Ric Flair wrestled for 30, 40 years. I don't, I don't even know how long Ric Flair wrestled for. 16-time world champion. Greatest greatest wrestler of all time, you know? <laughs> and the guy could still go today if he wanted to, probably right. 70 years old. Yeah. I feel like Tom Brady's going to be in Super Bowl 76 <laughs> when he's when he's 65 years old, you yeah. know? Still I, talking I'm, about I'm making, making a it. comeback. I'm, I'm waiting to see Tom Brady try to win a Super Bowl when he's 50. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I could see if Belichick tries to, you know, if, if he starts thinking that Brady's on the downhill and – and Brady says no well, way. Well, Brady says I, he wants to play until he's forty-five. And I tell you what, some of his best his best throws have been in this postseason. Hey, I, I'm. And that's I, why. I don't, and that's I've, why I've I said say, on this show that I'm. Not, I'm I don't love the Patriots. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, it's it's like yeah. watching. I don't. No one wants to support the yeah. dynasty. You always want to support the underdog. It's something. It's yeah. some. It's such a such a human characteristic. Right. We want to. We want to see the underdog win. We want to see the little guy win. And for me, that's the Rams right now. I don't. I want to see David kill Goliath, and I think the Rams right now are David in this situation. Yeah. And people can try to spin, <laughs> try to spin the story as if the Patriots, Patriots are the are underdog. The underdog. No. But I will never count Tom Brady as the underdog. I'm no. sorry, it's just no never going to happen. No, if you're doing that, you're you're confused. You're not going to try to get yeah. sympathy for a giant. No. And Tom Brady's legacy is a giant. Yeah. And when you when you when you track back. And you look at what Brady has done every year, whether he wins the Super Bowl or not. They make those postseason runs, and it, in the key moments, he makes these great throws. Mm-hmm. But then he'll follow them up. But you'll see, you'll see two or three plays go by, and you'll follow him up with like these balls that hit the ground, and like this awkward, like throwing motion that he'll have, and like the ball comes out like all like a duck and and then and then he he two plays later right back to just throwing just rockets yeah and it's like he, so for me Brady is the most clutch quarterback of all time he's not the smartest because that was Manning and he's not the he doesn't have the most arm talent because I believe that's Aaron Rodgers so for me, he is the most clutch quarterback to do it, okay, and I'm, I'm very and I'm very interested. And like I said, if it, so, if Tom Brady wins this Super, let's say Tom Brady goes and wins this Super Bowl, gets a sixth ring for for his finger. Yeah, the rings, the rings don't, the rings don't change for me. The rings is this like, guy has more rings than he has fingers on his right hand. Fair enough. If he wins this he, Super yeah, Bowl, fair enough. But the rings are not what I classify as a great quarterback. As a lot of people like to, yeah, okay, the ring shines the same, you know, like they that bling on the hand is what they're going for. But 
for me. So which finger? Which finger do you think he he doubles up the ring on? Which which finger do you think Tom Brady doubles up the ring on? I, you know, I he's see got, where I see he's where got, you're he's going got the here. thumb, pointer, middle, ring, mm. pinky. Which which finger do you think he doubles up on? Because I mean, mm. I, I'm I'm predicting I'm predicting a Patriots win in the Super Bowl. So so what do we got? <laughs> Bold take here. Bold take here. You heard it here first. I mean, which, which finger do you think he puts it on? Come on. You know, he can put it on his pinky toe for all I care. <laughs> I don't. I. It's not what what drives that organization is Belichick. He he is an animal. Yeah. He lives, eats, sleeps, and breathes football. And if you don't do your job right, he will handle you. And you don't want to get handled by Belichick. And I am telling you, and people can believe me, but if if you don't believe me, just watch. When Brady retires, Belichick ain't going nowhere. I pretty much said it in my mind that he's not going anywhere. He's in his early 60s. He's got a lot of football left. And he looks like a, a young 50-year-old, really, to be honest. He looks like he could be in his, like, 50, 54, 55. But he ain't going nowhere. I believe he's going to get a quarterback this year, and they're going to start turning those wheels. Eventually, you do have to try to find a replacement for Tom Brady. And if, if that means that you, you draft a young rookie QB and you're able to kind of train yeah. him up over the next couple they will. of years. They have to. They have to. Yeah. Because that when they drafted Jimmy G, Brady was much younger then. Right. But they still drafted Jimmy G. Why? Because people get hurt. Brady, Brady might not get old, but he can get hurt. That's true. So not if not if that O line keeps doing their job. Here, if that O line keeps doing their job, where no one can touch Brady, that is the, okay. that is an un, then well, you untouchable man. You better not breathe close to him because you're gonna get flagged. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to protect the superstar. We're we're in a league that that wants to protect that wants to protect as many people mm-hmm. as they can and want to pro- and want to extend the longevity of these guys' careers. Yeah. And I'm okay with it because well, I would I would love to. They're, see Tom they're Brady effectively play for a few making more years. defensive players obsolete. See, and I disagree. I, I don't think that's true at all. Okay. Well, what are your three premier positions in the NFL? Why don't you tell me? Quarterback, tackle, and pass rusher. Yeah. Well, over the last few years, rules have been changing. You can't hit the quarterback in so many different ways now. There's only a few ways you can get to the quarterback, and they basically word it to where they want you to grab the ball, swat the ball out of the arm. Mm-hmm. But then you have the forward progress. The th- well, the, the, idea, the idea is to protect the QB. Right. But when you graze the helmet, you flag them and continue a drive, that, that doesn't sound like gamesmanship. And I think the biggest contributing factor here is I think the NFL doesn't have the level of star power that they hoped that they would by this time. And so in order to preserve the guys who are already household names, mm-hmm. who are already elite QBs and don't have a clear replacement in on on the, you know, next in line, you have to do something to protect these guys and make sure that they can still be household names and still be people who can yeah. who can help you um, continue to be profitable yeah. and just being honest, just maintain continue. your stop. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you don't have somebody like Tom Brady who's who's been in the league for 17-plus years, mm-hmm. just, you know, 
you you can't you can't try to you can't do something to get yeah. him hurt. Yeah. You you look at look at the, this this is such such a cool fun fact. I love this. So the Patriots will face the Rams in a rematch of Super Bowl 36, mm-hmm. 17 years to the day since Tom Brady beat the St. Louis Rams in his first Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. I did not know it was to the day. Yeah. Wow. There is to, to some the day. The Patriots are 5 and 5 in the Super Bowl. And uh they will they're joining an elite they're joining uh a group of of player of, of teams who have who've been to three straight and that's Buffalo who had four straight and Miami with three. Wow. You're not you're not going to see another run like this again. I'm yeah. telling you Tom Brady is the greatest of all time and there's not another guy who's active in football today and I don't think there's another guy who's going to be active in the next 30 years who's going to be able to have a 20-year career that spans that spans as many accolades mm-hmm. as Tom Brady has has acquired. That's why yeah. I don't care if he's your yeah. goat. I don't care if he if he's yeah. Joe Blow's goat. He's my goat. He's yeah. my greatest of all time. If I had a Mount Rushmore, he is the premier face. Fair enough. Uh, the it just and 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 you can call me what you will, but I I have this deep feeling that the NFL is creating their Michael Jordan. Of course. And if it takes a flag here and there to do it, so be it. Yeah. And that's and that's that's I know that sounds nitpicky, but when you look at it, it just lines up too damn easy. Yeah. So for myself, yeah. He still regardless, if he only had three or four championships, I'd still put him in my top five. But for myself, I can't just because I know how great of a situation he is in at all times. He can have one of his worst games, and that team can still be in it down to the wire. Yeah. So when you have that type of leadership and establishment around you, you're going to succeed. But you can, you can have that, so you can have that, that team and – Everything behind you, mm-hmm. but you know you could put me in with that with that mm-hmm. team and with the with the with the system to succeed. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't take that team to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so you think Belichick would say, "Guess what? Dallas ain't throwing it. You're gonna be handing it off a lot." <laughs> I can't take that team. I'm telling you, I can't take that team to the Super Bowl. If I can, uh. then I I need to go to I need to go get my paycheck today. To be fair, and in all. In all realness, some of the throws he hit against that Chiefs defense, I could throw. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you right now, if you that when you have 15 yards of space between any defender, there is no – you just got to hit the man. You ain't got to hit the window. You don't got to hit him in, in a certain stride. You ain't got to throw to a certain shoulder. You just hit the man. Yeah. And then you let the speedy receiver – the quick twitch, fast, reliable hands receiver do his thing. And that's what we saw. We saw them put on a clinic. Not one of those players is a guy you go, man, we got to stop that guy. Gronk, Gronk's a guy you got to stop. But, I mean, every guy on that team was just causing problems for that defense. I, mm, you're right. You're right. I mean, look at the catches they made. Does it, it seem like every year Edelman makes some ridiculous Ridiculous catch, or he makes some ridiculous play that impacts the game. I, I'm a fan. 
I'm a fan of Edelman. He is clutch. Yeah. Did you see the, the ball not? They, they they review it, and they're like, oh, it's just not clear enough, so we're going to reverse it. Right. What? But we're supposed to go with what was called on the field if it's not clear. Right. We looked at seven angles. It doesn't matter. It looks like it nicks his thumb, even though it doesn't change direction. And then you look at the other angle, they're like, oh, it doesn't here. But then it grazes by, no matter what angle you saw, it definitely grazed by the bicep. And point is, you're, you know situational football, Edelman. You've been in how many big-time shows. Guess what? You go to catch that ball, you risk touching it, and it's going to be a live ball for the other team. Yeah. He knows that. So I don't care if the ball didn't touch him or not. It was damn close, and the freaking call on the field was that it touched him. Yeah. So that frustrated me. You know? And in and, and the whole season, what we see, the narrative was, go with what's on the field if it's not clear and concise. Yeah. So, you know, it it's just always in a little bit of favor to make the show a little bigger. I mean – I'm okay with. And you, you're a wrestling fan. You know how the show works. <laughs> you, are you, you, you're a, you're an expert. Are you, are you calling, you calling the NFL rigged right now? I mean, I'm are just you calling I'm, it predetermined. I'm just saying, like, it just, you know, when I, I did have several people comment on my on my page in the last week. Uh, I was selling a wrestling a ticket, a ticket to a wrestling show, and someone said, "Sorry, buddy, I, I like all my predetermined sports to happen on in, on the NFL." Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So. It's it's hard to see that. It's hard to see that. So because so is is Tom inter- Brady is Tom Brady the NFL's John Cena? Oh, that's fair. That is I I am on board. With they're, that. they're both they both, are building both, both in Massachusetts. That is their they're building their Michael Jordan. They need they need to be able to have that one iconic guy that stands above all the rest. Stands above Tiger Woods, stands above Jordan, stands above Wayne Gretzky, stands above Usain Bolt, and just says, I am the greatest to ever play my sport. Hey, if we can, if they can submit, if I think Tom Brady is in control of his own destiny right now. I think he's going for seven. Whew. I think he's doing that because he knows he's like, I'm pretty sure that there's no way anyone else can get to seven. Right. And I think that's what he's going for. And I would not be surprised if they make a very easy run next year. Well, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this game. Oh, it was um, fun. It was fun to watch. It yeah. was a fun watch. But it was also difficult to watch with Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. Yeah. For the majority well, it was a of complete, the game. A complete dismal performance from the defensive coordinator that is of the Chiefs, and which he was fired, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of sad because because Andy Reid came out defending, you know, like you know how hard it is to get there. But then, like a day or two later, you you know he's got to fall on the sword and <laughs> let that guy go. Did you see the time of possession but, for this game? Oh, I didn't even. I I'm telling you, I didn't even pay attention to the stats. It time was no- of possession. <laughs> You're not ready. You're not ready for this. Time of possession. Patriots forty three minutes fifty nine seconds. Chiefs, 20 minutes, 53. I'm surprised they had the 20 because I know that a lot of the points that were scored were very quick and on the back of Mahomes just throwing it down the field, getting large chunk yardage. Yeah. So, Well, the the Chiefs are lucky that Pat is a, is a quick strike guy mm-hmm. because it's hard to win anything when your opponent has had the ball for 40, 44 of the, of the <laughs> 60 minutes you're supposed to play. Yes, yes. That's 
It's crazy. I, I, I can't. I can't even fathom that. So wait, they had forty. So it we, was we four, had forty to twenty, or it was forty three to forty forty four. It was basically forty three fifty nine uh, to twenty fifty three. Well, no, it would be. They went four minutes into overtime. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, that's yeah. Okay, uh, well, yeah, correct, correct, yeah. Uh, and so again, yeah. it should not have ended in sudden death. It it playoffs should not. If you go to OT, it should not. It means you have a damn good matchup here. If you make it that far, yeah, you, you should be able. to If play you it go out. to OT, that means what? Both teams are very closely matched. Yeah. So wait, we're going to first one to score? No, that's. With, but also saying these teams are both closely matched. Looking, looking on the at, scoreboard. Looking at, look, I know, but looking at these off, looking at these stats. It's, no. it's it's rough. Yeah. Who played who played the well-rounded football game? Oh my gosh. I mean Okay, so look at the Pats had 176 yards rushing <laughs> with 48 attempts and the Chiefs put up 41 yards with 12. 48 attempts? 48 rushing attempts. That w- <sighs> wow. That still leaves them at at 3.7 yards per rush. But the fact that they were but able they, to get that many. I'm telling you the amount of plays compared yeah. to the Chiefs it it does need ninety four plays to to forty seven on mm-hmm. offense. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm 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 on board with you. I'm not betting against the I'm not betting against the agenda. I think I think we see a similar performance in the Super Bowl versus the Rams. Oh yeah. I think I OT think, OT. I I mean, I hope it does goes to OT because I want to see wait, wait, wait. These, I want to see those free wings. So I, I'm actually I haven't paid attention to this. Does OT in the Super Bowl end in sudden death as well? Um, it does. Let's find out. It does. So I want to say that that's what we saw when Atlanta and New England played when New England got the ball because that's when they had the controversial, uh, I believe it was James White, kind of had his knee down before the goal line, and then they ruled it a touchdown anyway. And and it was um, Tom Brady was saying like no no you know they got to review it yeah yeah so I believe yeah so that that is that is one thousand percent you cannot let the Super Bowl end in a sudden death that is not no that's bad for business in my opinion it's not uh, from what I'm seeing the rules in, the, in the, for overtime are mostly the same in the Super Bowl yeah so. That's 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 frustrating. That yeah, because that means you're having an awesome game, whether it's a defensive battle or an offensive battle or both. You you're just gonna say, oh well, you won the coin toss, so you're in the gods favor you. You know, yeah. like no, and 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 the way that the rules are constructed now, it's so hard to not. To, you could play great defense, but one mistake gets them all the way down the field. Right. It's so hard to stop teams. You can't do that. I just I I disagree with that. Well, let's uh, let's let's talk about some moments that that were game changers mm. in this game, and then and then we'll wrap up. All right. What what moment? What's what's the one play that swung the that really swung uh, the momentum in favor and changed this game? It had to be the um, the Edelman catch. It's all it's always the Edelman catch. Yeah. It, when he makes those catches in those 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 long situations where the defense is like, oh yeah, we have two downs to just get them out and it's our ball, you know, and they convert. That's those are killer. I can't. Yeah, and and what's crazy is is there was too many times to count 
where Hogan and Edelman are both coming up with these big catches. Right. And then whenever they finally would be able to even stay within an arm's length of them, James White, he makes a play. Mm. Then then James White gets tired. They throw in Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead is the one that, that knocked them out. Like, hey, yeah, nice run. See ya. Yeah. You know, OT, touchdown. So, for me, it's Edelman. I can't even pick out one specific play, but it's every time – that he it was like death by a million cuts. Every yeah. time that he makes a clutch catch, in uh, in a scenario where Brady needs that first down, that he he was the he was the man that got it done for him. I I have to agree. Yeah. I, I think Edelman proved to be the perfect uh, receiver for this offense. Yeah, and for every, this team. every year he does it. Every yeah, year. every every time he prove he proves his worth. Um, He's better than Welker. He's better than Amendola. I mean, yeah, it's like he's literally, and, and, and it helps him that he's, God, he's so athletic, but he was a quarterback. He's best friends with Tom. They're, they are in sync. Yeah. Well, I think, and then him being such good friends with Tom, it's it's helped him in a way that they know how to drive each other and yeah. motivate each other. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching whenever I was getting the clips for, for the audio clips that I had earlier in the show. Um just Edelman, the bond Edelman, that they had. Edelman on the sidelines after after they had scored, going up to Tom and said, "You're too old. You're too <laughs> old." And he's motivating him by by telling him what all the haters and what and what all the yeah. doubters would say. And I think you, I think the Patriots, in the midst of all the doubts, in the midst of all the of all the critics of everyone saying, "You're Tom. You're too old. You can't do it anymore. You're you're not the guy. Your arm's weak. Mm-hmm. You you can't move." His arm didn't look weak. His to me arm in that did not game. look weak. That I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm sorry. He I'm looked not, fresh. I'm not betting against Tom Brady anymore. No. Happy no. Tom Brady Day. It for yeah. me every day is gonna be Tom yeah. Brady Day. I'm I'm done betting against this guy. Yeah. He is operating at the at the highest level that he's ever done in his career. And I think you continue to see this. Yep. Um, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this show up, but we're gonna we're gonna record another episode soon that gives our Super Bowl predictions and breakdowns, mm-hmm. and then we're going to give some staff changes and uh, personnel changes throughout the league. And um, But this was just to cover everything that happened in AFC Championship, NFC Championship games from this weekend. But here's the thing. I think I think the Super Bowl is going... I, I've seen several articles that, that said the, the price drops for the tickets for, for the Super Bowl... Worst case scenario, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's trying to be negative about this Super Bowl, and I disagree. I think you've got a fantastic matchup between the Rams and the Patriots. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be one to keep your eye on. This is not this is not going to be a boring game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Joel, final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to close out the show. Um, if you haven't went and liked our page, uh, Facebook, it's the Pro Football IQ on Facebook, and – there's going to be some shows that we're going to be doing here soon. And if you have questions about your team or things that you might, you know, see that it could happen for your team in the future, just kind of, you know, hit us up. We'll read your questions. We're going to have some segments coming up where we do that. Um, I'm going to be doing fantasy stuff. I'm a big fantasy guy. DFS, if you play DFS or if you don't even know what that is, that's uh, daily fantasy sports. So, uh, you hit me up on that. I give you advice on that, and uh, we'll be doing mock drafts. I'll do. Er, we're going to be doing some early college power rankings. Uh, we will do armchair GM. So basically, you tell me your team and what you would. What if I was the GM? 
what I would do to bring your team to back to success. And then you can also post on there what you would do. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, just go ahead and, and like that page and start dropping your you know, comments and questions, and we'll get to them. So be sure to, be sure to find us on Facebook at ProFootballIQ. You can also find us on Twitter at ProFootballIQ and everywhere uh, podcasts, uh, podcasts are available. You can find this show on, uh, on Apple iTunes coming soon. Uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, and uh, more, even more. We're getting, I keep getting emails about the new platforms that our show's on almost daily from Anchor. But that Anchor is our home platform. You can find us there. Uh, we're proudly powered by Anchor. Very excited uh, as we begin working on more stuff, more content to bring you. So be sure to like and follow, subscribe on every platform you can to show your support, and we'll make sure to bring you the best content we, we can cover. Uh, of everything happening this week in football. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Pro Football IQ, the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening this week in football. Have a good one, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Pro Football IQ, the podcast that breaks down the X's and O's of everything happening in football this week. You can join the conversation too. All you have to do is like and follow our pages on Facebook and Twitter to let your voice be heard in a community of football fans just like yourself. Remember to like and subscribe to Pro Football IQ on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Do you have a question for the show? Or maybe you just want to share your thoughts on everything happening this week in football. Well, that's never been easier to do than right now. All you have to do is download the Anchor app and you can call in. You can send us a voice memo that'll go directly to our feed and we'll be able to respond to it and put it on our show so that you can have your voice heard in a community of football fans just like yourself. Again, download the Anchor app and you can send us a voice memo directly to Pro Football IQ. We can't wait to hear what you have to say.